Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets that are important to you. Last week we uh, lost the singer, guitarist, and songwriter Tom Berlane of the band Television. This one hurt, folks. I am a huge fan of Television's debut full-length, Marquee Moon. At one point not long ago, it was all I was listening to. I, I don't think the CD came out of my car stereo for at least three months. Every song on Marquee Moon is great. There, there are no clunkers on this thing. The title track, which is what you're hearing right now, is is over 10 minutes long, but it never feels it, you know? Tom Verlaine. Great lyric writer, great vocalist, and obviously an incredible guitarist. I can't recommend this album enough. If you're an indie rock person looking to get into jazz, or a jazz aficionado looking to get into indie rock, television's marquee moon bridges the gap between the genres quite nicely. Rest in peace, Tom Verlaine. Folks, you're listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast. I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. There are no ads on this program, and there is no Patreon set up for it. The only thing I've ever asked of listeners is if you love the show, and if you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily, and get yourself or the reader in your life some great fiction, please consider purchasing any or all of my books. I'm the author of 10 self-published novels that are all currently available in both paperback and ebook formats worldwide via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon, you can purchase all 10 of my titles in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name, M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. episode 266 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Thank you so much for for spending time with me. I love it. I love you. I love this show. My goodness, my goodness. Great month we had in January. Thank you so much for checking out the show, listening, uh, and giving us great feedback. It uh, feels good to know that folks are out there connecting with it, and uh, I love doing it. I know Rachel loves doing it, and uh, we're very, very lucky and happy to have such a, a a great audience of people who uh, who are enjoying what we do it means a lot. Uh, you want to hear a story about being pee shy? <laughs> this happened this week, man. Oh my god, this is a weird one, man. I like, and I can't tell you why I did this. Like, any all right, most guys may be able to relate to this. I say most guys because I know some guys like 
they have no problem with this, but, but, uh, there's this thing and I, ladies, I don't know, maybe this is something you deal with also, but, uh, you know, fellas, we stand, obviously, ladies, you know, we stand at a urinal if, you, if you're if you doing number one, right? And uh, and uh, sometimes if a, a fella's near you, it's uh, it's awkward. It can be weird, right? And you, you get what's called pee-shy, where you just can't go, you know, and you've got to kind of either wait for the person next to you to, to finish what they're doing and move on, or, uh, or maybe you have another method. Sometimes I do multiplication problems in my head, and that usually fixes the issue, you know, and I'm able to go. I, I don't think... It doesn't happen to me all the time. I don't know if, uh, if, if people have this, this problem all the time. I can't imagine, because there's sometimes you just got to go really badly. But uh, this, was, <laughs> this happened this week, man. I was, I was walking to the men's room at work, because uh, I, uh, I had to make water. <laughs> and uh and there was this guy and he's like hey Andy and I said hey and I said his name I don't want to say his name now because uh there's not a lot of people in our suite and they'll know they'll know who I'm speaking about and uh, it's nothing embarrassing about him at all uh but uh, he's like hey and he started talking how you doing what's going on and I was like oh hey and I realized we're walking the same way and we're walking through the same doors and we're going to the same place and I thought to myself, I don't, I'm not going to be able to stand next to this guy and go because we're, we're being friendly and we're having, uh, uh, this nice conversation about uh, our lives and, and joking around. And as soon as we walk into that men's room and stand next to each other at the urinals, I'm going to, I'm going to have a pee shy problem. I know it. And it's going to be weird and awkward. So, so he, he's like, I said, uh, I said, where, where are you headed? And he says, ah, oh, I'm headed to the, to the men's. And I said, ah, oh, okay. And he's like, you? And I'm like, same. And I was like, shoot, I shouldn't have said that. You know, because <laughs> now he knows I got to go. So we get to the men's room and he walks in there and uh, and I said, hey, uh, I'm just going to keep going straight and I'm going to go to the, the, next, <laughs> the next bathroom down the hall. And he's like, oh, okay. I said, I just... And I did. I wanted to kind of give him an explanation, and I didn't want to say I get pee shy. Like I just said. So I said this. I don't know why I said this, but I, was like, I just want to keep it friendly. <laughs> he said, "All right." <laughs> and he walked into the men's room, and I proceeded to go down the hall to another bathroom and walked in there, and there was nobody there, and uh, no problems were had. And it was awkward and weird, and I just thought, "What the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> like, <laughs> like keep it friendly? What does that mean?" <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't mind telling you these embarrassing stories. I hope folks can relate to them. I, I you know, I think pee shy is a term I've heard before, so I assume that this is something that other people deal with. Again, it's not all the time. I think it's a time when you're overly, overtly familiar with a person that uh, that you you may be next to, and uh, and in particular, if you're having a conversation with them, it's gonna like you're gonna come to a point where you're gonna go, all right, well, it's put up or shut up time. And, uh, and after having a, like a, you know, a conversation, it's like, what, you know, you're going to stand there and, and do your thing. And then, uh, and then a lot of cases you can't. So, uh, yeah. So, all right. So that was a problem I had this week. Oh boy. Maybe we should move on to other topics. Yeah, I think we should. Holy moly. Is it cold? If you're somewhere in this Arctic blast or whatever the hell they're, they've decided to call this extreme weather we're having, uh, I hope you stay, you're staying cool. I hope you're staying cool. I hope you're staying warm because uh, it's been brutal it was negative 12 here uh, this morning in uh, new hampshire i live in southern new hampshire and um 
And that's before the wind chill. Yeah, it was brutal. I had to take my dog out for a walk this morning, and that was at 5.45 a.m., which is our time. And uh, my wife was like, don't, don't even go, Andy. Just, like, put her on the lead in the backyard. And uh, I don't know, like, why I, I, I went. I guess it was just to... Just because I'm a creature of habit, perhaps, or just because uh, I'm a compulsive type person, but I, I just said, you know what, I'm going to suit up and go because, you know, I, I don't want to be, I guess I, I just, I, I guess it was just compulsion. It was just like, well, she's expecting a walk and how will I know if she really went, etc. if I just put her in the backyard in the dark, you know, and plus I didn't, I didn't want her to be by herself. I think it was part, part that too. And I guess, in part, maybe I was a little curious about this weather, man. How often does this happen? Like, never, thankfully. You know, it's cold. It gets cold, sure. But it doesn't get, like, you don't wake up to, like, minus 12. Like, maybe minus 20 with the windshield. That's that's unheard of, right? So I, I suit up. And uh, if you follow me on, on TikTok, you can see a video of, of what I wore because it was insane. And I won't get into it. Uh, I'll just say check it out on my TikTok if you want to see what I wore because I put a post in the video of it. But, uh, but yeah, we, we got out there, we went down the street, the dog, you know, I, I, I bundled her up too, man. I put a sweater over a shirt and obviously she has a thick coat of fur. She seemed fine. You know, she was running around and, uh, as she does when I walk her. And of course I'm like, like hoping that she goes, you know, and, and I'm walking her and she finds a spot and she does her business, thankfully. And then I've got to, you know, pull off my glove in order to pick it up. You know what I mean? And that was brutal, man, because I, like, I took off my glove. Just, like, taking off my glove out there was just like, holy crap, this is this is cold air, you know? But I but I picked it up uh, with, you know, and, and not with my bare hand, obviously. I put my hand in a plastic bag and then turned it inside out. But I was wouldn't have been able to do that with a glove on. So I did that. But I'll tell you what, man, what was coldest? And again, I was, I was bundled from head to toe. But uh, the parts of me that got coldest in that maybe, you know, 15 minutes that I was outside, maybe seven and a half minutes down the street and seven and a half minutes back, um, were the points between, like, the top of my boots and, like, uh, where my jacket ended, just below my, my belt area, right? You know, so that my legs were very, very cold. And the other thing, because I had no, like, thermal underwear on, I was just wearing jeans and boots on my lower half, but then again, I was bundled completely up. Uh, literally, like, you could only see my eyes on my upper upper torso and head. But uh, the other thing I noticed, man, and I was wearing, like, a, a Columbia parka, like, this, this, you know, very thick jacket. But it was so cold, man, I could hear the insulation rustling. Like, you, like, I don't, you know, if you don't live somewhere cold and you never wear a parka or you never go skiing, you, you never know. But, uh, yeah, you wear these big parkas, but it's not like you can hear the, the, like, the lining ever. But it was so cold that, like, I literally could hear the lining of the, the coat crinkling as I moved, which was wild, man. I was like, oh, my God, is it cold, you know? And, but I, and, and I was concerned, obviously, about my ears. I had them completely covered. I had a hat that covered my ears, and, I, and my nose and mouth were completely covered. A dude actually, like, on my street came by in a car and rolled down the window. He's like, hey, man, don't, don't be outside for too long. And I'm like, oh, you know, like, of course, like, my nose is covered. Because I got like, you know, it's all like, I got a scarf all around my mouth. And I said, oh, don't be outside too long, you know. I said, uh, he said, I'm going to work. I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, well, I hope it's not outside. And he said, I'm a UPS driver. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> These UPS guys, they don't, they, the, the trucks I've seen, they don't have any doors on them. I don't, I don't I can't imagine what's doing on the UPS route. Oh my god. Holy crap, holy. I was like, oh my god, this poor this poor man. 
He's not going to survive. I don't know. I hope, he, I hope he gets home all right. You know what I mean? Maybe they have doors. Maybe it's like a, they have a, a trucks with doors, or maybe they put doors on those ones that are doorless. I don't know, man. Those UPS drivers are I, not, the, not the job that you'd want today. And I'm sure that he, if, if he managed to get out there, you know, okay, and uh, I'm sure he did it as quickly as possible. Okay, I got some, some fun things to play for you. And uh, this would be good. You're gonna like some of this stuff here. This is uh, this first one I'm gonna play is is uh, Lil Yachty talking about his diet. And uh, this was quite interesting because evidently he only eats pizza. Now I don't know if you know who Lil Yachty is. If you're not a, a fan of modern rap, uh, the mumble rap scene, the SoundCloud rap scene, uh, you may not be familiar with Lil Yachty. I don't think he's had like a huge crossover hit yet. You know. But uh, he's very identifiable if you ever see him. He's got, uh, he's got uh, these uh, wonderful red braids that come down all around his head. Uh, come, all his hair is all red braids. And they come down just, just, a, just, a, just maybe just below his eyebrow level. Uh, yeah, and he's got a very, very unique voice. You'll hear it in a moment. But this is a little Yachty talking about his diet. Check it out. Um, no, I don't eat. I only eat pizza. You only eat pizza? Mm -hmm. Only pizza. Yeah. Every single day. Mm -hmm. How does that work out? Yeah, I've been doing it for years. That's mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. And it's just, it's just your inspiration. When did you start doing that? Right. Second grade. I've been, I eat pizza every day for my whole life. That's crazy. Yeah, it's just my life now. How do you stay healthy? You look fit. I'm not. <laughs> I'm tired of hell. <laughs> What's your favorite pizza? Pepperoni. I eat any kind of pizza. As long as pepperoni pizza. <laughs> I don't know if you could hear him. They say, I don't know if you understood him. I, I didn't understand the first time around, but he, the, the interviewer asks him, he said, uh, how do you stay so fit? And he says, I'm not. He said, I'm tired as hell. <laughs> oh my God. Pizza every day since second grade. Yeah. And if you see him, oh, sorry, if you see a little Yachty, yeah, he, he, you, you can't tell. It's not like he's, uh. He, you know, it's a, he doesn't look out of shape. He looks like he's, but maybe, maybe uh, his, you know, everything else he does in his life is, is compensates for all the carbs. I don't know, but supposedly that's all he eats is pizza. <laughs> By the way, Old Yachty has a new album out, and it's called "Let's Start Here," and uh, he has done something that I don't believe anybody in the rap genre has up to this point done. No, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that. I should say. None of his his peers in like the SoundCloud rap or mumble rap genres have attempted this, but what he's done is he's made a psychedelic rock album. And and it's something to hear. It's it's is it is it outstanding? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It may be a grower. I have only listened to it from beginning to end once. It was impressive, and he's got some Great folks on there assisting uh, as far as as far as uh, production goes, and it's all you know, all live instruments. Um, sounds a lot like Pink Floyd. Sounds a lot like Tame Impala. Shoot, man, sounds a lot like Funkadelic at times. Yeah, it's sort of like one of those albums that you're like, you know, you're kind of like, uh, I guess it's just amazing that it exists at all. You know what I mean? Sort of like, like Lulu, that album that. Uh, Lou Reed did with Metallica. You know, remember how polarizing that was? Like, people, some people thought it was okay, some people thought it was good, and a lot of people didn't like it at all. You know what I mean? Has time vindicated that? Well, maybe, a little bit. I, I don't mind it. It's not like something I put on regularly, but yeah, I've listened to it a few times, you know? 
It, but it's again, it's like a curio, I suppose. It's like you're you're just amazed that it exists in the world, and the fact that Lil Yachty, this guy who's been continue, you know, probably for the last ten years, putting out you know rap hits and rap albums uh, in the mumble rap genre again, and maybe you call it trap, maybe you call it SoundCloud rapper, maybe those are insulting. I don't know, but uh, for him to try to do something like this was uh, kind of impressive. That 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 first of all that he was able to do a complete album worth of that material, and that it's. As, as cohesive as it is sounding and as uh, listenable as it is, and it is definitely that, uh, that, that it exists at all is, is, is a feat, for sure. And it's, uh, again, like one of those curios, you know? I suppose like, a, like that Danzig Sings Elvis album, you know what I mean? You're just happy it exists in the world. Is it outstanding? Not really. Is it good? Yeah. Is the production good? Nah. You know, but, uh, but, but it's kind of a, like a curio, and it's just like, well, it's, it's, it's kind of amazing that it exists, and sometimes that's what we have to be grateful for. Okay, I, I want to play something else for you. This was, uh, this was great. This is the singer Maddie Healy from the band The 1975 talking about Oasis, and uh, I thought this kid was dead on. I say kid. He's in his 30s. A kid to me. Um, but I thought he was dead on with this. I want you to check it out. Listen to what Maddie Healy has to say about Oasis. Here we go. What are Oasis doing? Can you imagine being in potentially right now, still the coolest band in the world and not doing it because you're in a mod with your brother? Do you know what I mean? I can deal with them dressing like they're in their 20s and being in their 50s, but acting like they're in their 20s, they need to grow up. Stop marding. They're like men of the people. And they're sat around in like Little Venice and Highgate, like crying over an argument with their brother. Grow up, headline Glastonbury. There is not one person going to a High Flying Birds gig or a Liam Gallagher gig that would not rather be at an Oasis gig. There is not one person that's there going, you know what, I loved Definitely Maybe, but my favorite thing is Noel Gallagher's high flight. Do, do me a favor, get back together, stop messing around. That's my public service announcement for today. How about that, huh? I love that he said that. I really do. I don't know. I don't know if any other musicians of his caliber uh, and his place as far as in the culture at the moment. Again, 1975 is very popular at the moment. Uh, would would stand up and say something like that or sit down in an interview and say something like that as he did uh because you know those oasis guys if you know anything about them they are they are not going to take nicely to that at all um but not a word of not a lie in that statement at all i i i concur entirely and i give i give maddie healy all the credit in the world um, do I care for the 1975? Not at all. <laughs> that is not, that is not music for me. Uh, if he made an album of these kind of statements though, I, <laughs> I may listen to that. <laughs> but good on you, Matty Healy, for speaking out about that, because I think he's absolutely 100% correct. Um, okay, anyway, I'm going to hand things over right now to our friend, Rachel from Des Moines, and she is going to give you the chart chat. So, without further, without further ado, without any further ado, take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week. This marks the 50th segment I've done for the People Are the Enemy podcast, so thanks, as always, to Andy for letting me be a part of your show, and to all the listeners for coming back every week. Special mention for Tavy for answering my half-joking, half-very-serious question, about Pac-Man being a filk song. 
She says the ghosts put it within the fantasy horror genre, so it counts. And thanks to VJ Big Suit for playing some of the chart picks on his Twitter show, or Twitter, on his Twitch show, which of course is from 8 to midnight central time on Tuesdays. And thanks also to Tony for listening and for sharing some pics of cool tapes from his mom's eclectic cassette collection. For our 70s chart this week, we're in January 24th of 1976. At number 92, we have a song called Disco Sax by the jazz tenor sax player and record producer Houston Person. He was from Florence, South he is from Florence, South Carolina, and this song made it to number 91. Houston Person is best known for writing and performing in the soul jazz area, but has also played in the hard bop and swing genres. The B-side of this song, For the Love of You, is an Isley Brothers tune, and their version is also on the Hot 100 this week. I really like this song just because it fits into that, you know, it does what it says on the tin kind of a thing. It's a disco sax song. And it's not on Spotify, unfortunately, but there are other albums of his that are available. At number 98, uh, we have Frankie Avalon, the teen idol, with the disco version of his song, Venus. And the original came out in 1959, and it made it to number one on the pop chart and number 10 on the R&B side. Um, but then when it, he re-recorded it for this disco version, but for some reason it appears as it's the same song on the Billboard chart, so it's shown as a re-entry in its 18th week. Um, the disco version made it to number 46, and he appeared on American Bandstand in early March to perform it. I learned that on the YouTube page for this song. Now, I mentioned this Frankie Avalon re-recording of his own song to contrast with Neil Sedaka, who also has a song on this chart, which is a self-redo of an earlier hit. Uh, his song, Breaking Up Is Hard To Do, he re-recorded in a much slower tempo. And then, of course, Frankie Avalon went on to appear in the movie Grease just a couple years later, so maybe this kind of got him back on people's radar. Who knows? Uh, but this was his final Hot 100 chart appearance. But his song from Greece looks like it's his most popular track on Spotify. At number 78, we have a song called What's the Name of This Funk? Spider-Man. And this was by Ramsey Lewis. The song made it to number 69, and it was off of the album Don't It Feel Good. And Ramsey Lewis was a jazz pianist, composer, radio personality, and music educator from Chicago. And he had his debut album with the Ramsey Lewis Trio in 1956. And he kept making music uh, through uh, 2021. That was his last album. And then he uh, sadly passed away in September of 2022 at the age of 87. Um, and the Ramsey Lewis had credited to him uh, or you know, one of his groups uh, six top 40 pop appearances, uh, including two top 10 hits, uh, instrumental versions of In With The In Crowd and Hang On Sloopy, although there is vocalists on the chorus of that one. Honestly, this song had me from the title alone, and it's just a lot of fun to listen to. Um, there's a bunch of his stuff available on Spotify. Uh, check it out. Um, at number 64, we have a song called Feelings by Morris Albert, and that, that was down from a peak of number six. This song is in its 32nd and final week on the Hot 100, and far and away the longest tenured song on any of the Hot 100 this week. And my first exposure to this song was from a commercial for, as Casey Kasem might say, a popular soft drink uh, featuring uh, MC Hammer. And he's performing in concert and he gets div given a different popular soft drink. And let's just say it affects his performance a little bit. Let's see what happens. Feelings. 
Nothing more than feelings. Emma! Proper. <laughs> and so when I first saw this ad and heard him singing, I had never heard this song before. I had no idea of it. I didn't know if it was a real, you know, song, you know, just because of this wasn't really getting played on the oldie station my parents were listening to or, you know, was not being played on the stations I was listening to. So it's kind of a very strange context for kids who were, it seemed to be, you know, a lot of kids were fans of MC Hammer and were the targets to that advertising. It definitely has the reputation of being corny, but, you know, it was a pretty big hit and it was the only hit for Morris Albert, who was a Brazilian singer. He had one follow-up song that just barely cracked the top 100 for a couple weeks. Finally, from the 70s this week, we have David Bowie with Golden Years at number 33. And that made it to number 10. And that was one of six top 10 singles on the U.S. pop charts for David Bowie. Uh, this song, I think people know, but I just wanted to share the backstory on this. Uh, there's a couple different sort of competing theories. It was supposedly written by David for Elvis to sing. Uh, Colonel Tom Parker did want David Bowie to write some songs for Elvis, but somehow it, it didn't happen. Although Elvis did send David a note that said all the best and have a great tour that David kept for the rest of his life. Um, Angie Bowie has also stated that the song was written for her to sing. Um, but this was off the lead single off of his 10th album, Station to Station. And Wikipedia describes this as somewhat unrepresentative of the rest of the album. So this was the follow-up single to Fame, which had been a number one here in the States. And David Bowie appeared on Soul Train in November of 75 to play both Fame and Golden Years. Um, but he was very intoxicated, appeared visibly intoxicated, it says. And he later expressed shame for uh, his performance. Again, people probably know this one, but it's, uh, you know he has so many songs, maybe some of them get lost in the shuffle. Um, that's all from the 70s this week, and I don't have uh, any 80s stuff for you. We'll fold that into next week. But before I go, I just want to make a mention to Dave from Knoxville on Twitter. If you're looking for some new bands to get into or you want to hear some of your favorite bands in a different light, he makes all these playlists and he takes suggestions. And he's been doing this for a long time. So that your favorite artist, maybe he's probably already covered, but um, take a search through his archives or just even tweet at him and maybe he can cook something up for you. Well, that's all for me this week. Thanks so much. Back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. 50 chart chats. How about that? Awesome, awesome. A great way to uh, hit number 50 with this 1976 chart. Well done. Uh, I'd never heard that David Bowie story about him writing Golden Years for Elvis, but when you hear it, it makes complete sense. Yeah, and it's definitely an anomaly on his Station to Station album, for sure. Here's another, here's another odd David Bowie story, if you're interested at all. But uh, I was listening to the audiobook uh, for David Spade's memoir, um, I think it's called Almost Interesting. And uh, you, you, if you were a fan of Saturday Night Live in the 90s, and when David was on the show, meaning David Spade, he uh, had this character that was sort of like a uh, snotty receptionist. Is <laughs> probably the best way to put it. Uh, where somebody would come into the lobby and he'd say, And you are? And they would tell them, and they'd tell him rather, and uh, he'd say, And this is regarding... You get the picture. Anyway, uh, he was really working on this character and wanted it to break out on the show and be a regular thing. And what he thought he needed was uh, a celebrity, which would have 
which would have been ideal because, and I think he did this a couple times, where a celebrity came into the lobby of uh, the office where this snotty receptionist was working, and uh, it was obvious who they were, and he still played the, uh, and you are, etc., etc. Anyway, David Bowie was going to be on the show because he was performing with his band Tin Machine. And David Spade knew this, and so he reached out to uh, David Bowie's people and said, uh, I've got this idea to have David uh, be in the sketch, and uh, I would like to propose it to him. And uh, his people came back to David Spade and said, give David a call, send him the sketch, give him a call, and uh, see if he'll do it with you. So so sure enough, David Spade sent David Bowie the, uh, the, the sketch, and then gave him a call, and uh, and this is the funny part. David uh, Bowie said, "Hello, David. This is David, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And uh, said, I, "I like the sketch, but uh, I want to play the receptionist." <laughs> David Bowie obviously did not understand the idea at all. He, David Bowie, thought it would be more uh, funny if he played the uh, the breakout role that uh, the iconic character that David Spade was. Uh, pushing for himself to be and ultimately became in the show one of the well maybe not iconic but you know one of his standout standout uh, regular characters so david david bowie said let me play uh, the receptionist and and uh, maybe you can play me and uh, david spade okay said this is okay this is not going to work <laughs> and uh, i i don't know if david i don't believe david bowie ever appeared in that sketch Oh, anyway, funny story. Anyway, folks, this has been episode 266 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. We love you. Peace.